Hello everybody and welcome to Worldsmithing, where we take a concept and world build it. I'm Cody. And I'm Joe. Oh boy, that was an energetic opening. Yeah, you brought the energy. I liked it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Have, have you been, Cody? You've been, you've been alright? Yeah, I've been alright. How about you? Oh, you know, I've been, I've been golden. It's just been sunshine and lollipops and rainbows over here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, it's it's been good. Um, you know, getting excited for uh playing some some dun- some dun- some dunions and gurgans. Uh, Ooh, yeah, that is this weekend, isn't it? Over over the weekend. Heck yeah, I'm really excited about it. Cuz the last couple of sessions have been a lot of fun combination of like character uh some some fun dungeon crawl and stuff and you know what? Every now and then you need a good dungeon to crawl through. Am I right? It's true. It's Am very I true. right? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, hey, do you hear that cling clanging off in the distance? I do. Man, uh, sounds like someone's smithing a world over there. You know, I'd like to believe we would. That's the that's the bellows sound that I just made there. Uh, hey, gotcha. so uh, oh, they presented it to me. Uh, they said, "Here, Joe, smith this," which is a weird way that a forge works. But in any case, uh. <laughs> The the prompt this week is uh, create a a world smithing for um, a magic free setting. Okay, so uh, I I have written up a little thing here, um, and uh, it is um, the uh, some a series of accounts from the uh, Department of Planar Investigations. So. DPI log day five. Honestly, it just doesn't make sense. All of the worlds that I have visited, there's some connection to the energy, the energy that we all tap into. That helps to drive us, even if we can't access it. There have been some odd ones, for sure. And in some places, the energy is higher, looks different, or feels different. I remember one world where even a simple sparkle from your fingers felt like lighting a gigantic flame. And yet here, here there's nothing. I've been to worlds where the energies of the gods is limited. I've been to worlds where music, words, and art don't carry the same weight. Some worlds have been covered in tall buildings, creating a disconnect from the energy of the forest. And yet here... Here there is no color, no hums or ebbs or flows. And yet, strangely enough, there is still life. Perhaps the energy I've spent my life studying isn't the most important thing to uh, creating life and moving us forward. But people can seem content enough, living their lives without connection to the energy. And yet it seems like there's an overwhelming feel of gray land nothingness dpi log seven found a building in pretty deep ruins not much but i did see the word academy on a throne stone as i explored i saw things that reminded me of some of the tools of my craft wands staffs books of runes scrolls with phrases and arm motions. Seems like this place has been abandoned for quite some time. But perhaps there was, at one time, 
connection to this energy? Found a book with a set of numbers, which seems to line up with the map. Might investigate? DPI log 15. After some travel, I discovered the machine, a device which the book theorizes will, quote, unlock potential of the world, unquote. There are knots strewn around the machine, uh, notes with uh, desperate pleas to not turn the machine on, uh, that the location chosen is too close to the source, that everything might go dark. The machine looks like it has melted years ago, but there's still weirdly a faint hum around it. It seems like it might possess some latent energy, or perhaps it just funneled the energy away. In any case, the land seems to have lost its connection to its magic. DPI Final Log As I moved back to the portal, I noticed something strange. Something that felt weirdly like I was being followed. It was an older gnome. She was probably close to 450 years old by my estimation, with a warning. We thought we could harness it, she said. Make it so that even if you didn't have the gift, you could still benefit from it. That was close to 100 years ago, but now it seems to have vanished. Don't make our mistakes. I looked at her, and I told her about the humming I heard from the machine. Quickly, almost as if uh, for a fleeting moment, a spark of hope flashed in her eyes. She walks off. Perhaps the world isn't truly without magic, but in any case, for now, it is a world that has seemingly lost hope for the energy that binds us all. And that is uh, the land of Thulia, a world that is seemingly without magic. Okay. Okay, so the first question I have, would you be playing in the land of, you said Thulia? Yes. Um. So that would, uh, I think that... Um, this setup um would be something that like perhaps a party member like finds these logs perhaps they are like a smaller um a smaller team uh from the department of planetary and uh, planar investigations who's trying to make a name for themselves and they go to this place to try to investigate see what works what doesn't work um you know, ways that they can maybe see if there is a way to rekindle this this magical um, setting. And so um, I, I kind of imagined this as, um, you know, maybe being a world in a larger um, campaign of, you know, investigating, you know, going to different planes and things like that. But I kind of wanted Thulia to be the first place because it really draws the connection between this sort of magic, force that binds us all and that every world even if it looks a little different has some access to magic with the exception of this one world right here so 
Gotcha. Okay. And then another one that just kind of popped up while we were, while I was sitting here was, um, so the meat and potatoes of this is that machine, the, the quote unquote, uh, I can't remember what you called it. It's literally just the machine. So the machine. Yeah. So I assume the meat and potatoes of this kind of quote unquote investigation is that machine and figuring out how it, how it did what it did. Yeah, I think that it was a com- I think it would be a combination of the machine, um, the academy that I mentioned, and then um, sort of I I tried to leave it vague enough in such a way that like perhaps the machine has been was was a storage vessel as opposed to it just kind of like drilling and letting it just all kind of like escape out into the atmosphere, into the nothingness. Um, and so um, basically that was it, right? Is like, I haven't decided one way or the other yet. And um, if, you know, is this world truly without magic? That that um, remains to be seen. But at the very least, it seems like the people who live here have lost their ability to access it in any meaningful way so it's not totally without hope but um for most of the people living there it seemingly seems like you know you perhaps haven't um been able to you know it's it's possible that um it could come back but at the moment for those living there it seems like it's pretty much people have given up that thought gotcha um so I like I like Fulia. Um w- w- I know you said this is kind of a smaller part of a grander scheme, especially cuz you you start with this department of planar investigation implying that there's tons of magical planets that people can come from and go to and whatnot, but um where would you like if you were to use Fulia at, in your game would you put it at the beginning? Would this be a side stop to something? Would this be a greater? Im- would how important is Fulia to the greater cosmology of like the this idea that you've brought up? Because it is you know based on the description, this is kind of the but the antithesis of basically what the rest of the universe is like. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, where, where do you put this thing in your campaign? Like, is this, is this just kind of a side planet? Is this like some kind of like you get here and there's like some big revelation? Like what would, what would you do with Fulia? So I think that, um, the only, the only reason I would hesitate to set a full, alleged campaign here um would simply be that i don't necessarily want to deny um players like a whole swath of like D classes um but yeah i mean it based on the rest of the universe it it would be very limiting to put you know be like hey here's an entire campaign but ah magic's gone yeah and so, basically, I think that what I would do is I would I would set it there early. Um, I would I would have the people, but it would keep coming up in terms of levels of importance. 
because I think that um, in, in my estimation, what I would do is I would have, um, you know, once again, I'm not 100% sure if they would actually discover that, yes, magic uh, is, is back, baby, um, or not. But in any case, um, you know, creating a, a, a major villain that comes from Thulia, who either is upset that magic has returned because without magic, our people have become stronger. You know, they've become, um, they're, they're no longer reliant on this, on this, you know, seemingly garbage, like nutrient, uh, or the contrary where it's a person who goes through this plane and experiences magic for the first time and kind of just goes like, you know, crazy. I also thought if you were to set a long-term thing in Thulia that the machine does have latent magic and it would kind of be like a tap that your magic users would have to refill from. Um, so, okay. you know, like, you know, there's, there's spell slots and people are like very surprised to see that people are doing magic again. And so in that case, it actually means that, you know, your magic users would have to be a little bit more wary about using magic. So it's something where it's like they could tap into it they could maybe draw a little bit of this energy to have some things in reserve if they get into combat or things like that. But it really makes them think through when to use spells. Like, do you use a spell in a crowded area? Do you use a spell um, to charm someone or things like that? Because, you know, there's a, a, a couple potential things that could happen, which is either people freak out because it's been so long since they've seen magic that it's like, do they, you know, does this draw undue attention or harm to your party uh or you know does it you know do people start to siphon off of this source and then suddenly your magic users are fighting you know the random citizens to get access to this thing okay and then something that was kind of hinted at but i wanted more clarification on it because it was something that interests me um is Fulia some kind of like post-apocalyptic planet where like everything is ruinous or is it just that like everything is nor like this planet is yeah like it's it, it doesn't have magic on it but do people live normal lives do they you know does it look like a modern day like earth city because yeah. i mean yeah yeah like what, what's what's it kind of you kind of implied that maybe there are parts that are quote-unquote apocalyptic or like ruinous but uh was that the intent or yeah i i kind of i had kind of envisioned it as it being like earth um and okay. so you know it's like seemingly we are a planet that does not have connection to magic right like you know there are urban fantasy settings out there where it's like actually magic is real and only a select number of people can access it or whatever. But in this case, I, I just like, let's just pretend that like magic is not real and everyone on earth can't get access to it. And so it's one of these deals where at one point they had it. So when I say like the ruins of a building, you know, they basically abandoned the magical Academy once magic was no longer a thing. Like why bother continuing yeah. the upkeep of this building? Um, okay, the, so this is like a abandoned building on yeah. West Seventeenth or something. Mm -hmm. Like you know, not to, it, it it's a part of the city, but like, yeah, oh yeah, that's that creepy weird building. I think they used to practice weird shit in there or whatever. Yeah. Okay. 
And, like, people acknowledge that, like, at one time there was magic, but it was also long enough ago that it's kind of like our Arthurian legend, right? Like, you know, Arthur had a wizard, but also, like, we all know the wizards aren't real, right? Kind of, like, looking around. It's like, that's just, like, story stuff. But, like, this guy who has a connection to magic as he walks through this old building is like, well, no, that definitely looks like a wand. And that definitely looks like a staff. And I definitely recognize these rune stones or whatever. So, like, there was magic at one point, but, like, once you couldn't access it anymore, people just kind of figured, well, why bother? Uh, same deal with the machine. I, I suppose I could see where you're coming from, that it did sound, kind of sound post-apocalyptic. I just imagined that, like, once we once they no longer had access to magic, most of the things that were part of the study and uh, care of magic kind of went by the wayside in terms of storing and upkeep and things like that. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, and then what is it about Fulia or, you know, Earth, Earth 2? Um, what, is, what is something about it that would be really exciting for you to run in a magicless setting in your, you know, whether it's the full campaign or part of a campaign, like, what would be the exciting place that you put your players in and what is it that um, they would be doing that excites you the most about this yeah. whole crap, this, this world building exercise? I think the thing that I was really, um, and I don't necessarily know if I implied it very well in um, my little, my spiel, but the way I kind of envisioned it is that um, there would be kind of like magical flashpoints in the world. Um, and it's one of these deals where it's like they, they done drilled it, but like there is, there is like traces of it that will like flash up here and there. Um, and so it's things like you might have to go investigate like a dungeon where like there's a, an energy reading and maybe something very like low key magical has happened there. Uh, and so there's a couple people who can harness it. I think that ultimately what it would boil down to is that there would be a big standoff um between um this this faction of like basically um we are stronger without it types um yeah anti-magic people who are aware of the past to that extent uh yeah so it'd be sort of like a a big standoff between the anti-magic people and the party at the machine uh, after discovering that perhaps there is something you can do to restore the magic of this world and like re reconnect it to this life you know this life-giving energy or things like that um and that was kind of like the big that's kind of what i envisioned to be like the big final confrontation is um basically like you find a way to fix it um and it's just a matter of like you know having to fight your way to the machine and having to fight to turn it on because people need this connection people need this this ability to um, you know, like I like I implied in the beginning, like even if like you or I aren't like a spell slinging wizard or a sorcerer or a bard or whatever, like there is something that like keeps us like it's maybe it's maybe your feeling of hope or your feeling of optimism is like the natural energy of magic kind of flowing through you. And so it's like, you know, we can't hold it or we can't craft it or we can't harness it but it is something that kind of impacts everyone, even if it's not necessarily 
in a in a uh, fungible or a tangible way. Um, and so that's kind of like what I think it would ultimately boil down to is, you know, I, you know, we're, we're stronger because we don't have access to this. Whereas your party is going to be the ones kind of like advocating for like, but like, look at, look at these worlds where people have it. Like, you know, um, it's, it's stronger. It's, it's, you know, they're stronger, they're more connected, et cetera, et cetera. So. Interesting. Yeah. I like it. Um, it's got a lot of, um, it's kind of how I imagined, and I know, I know this isn't a very popular thing anymore due to a lot of recent events, but this is what I imagine what would have happened in Harry Potter mm. had all of the wizards just get iced altogether, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like the world still moved on, but like magic is gone because like almost, you know, everyone died. And then all of a sudden people from another plane of existence show up and they're just like, oh, fuck, these guys don't use magic at all. But like there's there's some of it here. I can kind of see it like, you, you know, when I was when I was first kind of writing this, um, I, I had taken a completely different approach to it and I ended up not really liking it and deleting it. Because it was kind of a thing where it was a mageocracy turns into magic is illegal and not necessarily magic doesn't exist. And I thought that there was something more interesting about magic doesn't exist versus magic being sort of this like outlawed thing. Uh, Mainly because I wanted to imagine like what is what is a what does a world look like where, you know, there is still fantasy stuff. There is still dwarves and elves and gnomes and you know centaurs and and um creatures like that but you know there is there is nothing fantastical about it um i think i've said this before on this show and on other shows is like i've always been really fascinated about like what does the what what does like middle earth look like in like prohibition times right where it's like, you know, do people still live in Minas Tirith? What does it look like? Are we following, you know, like a private eye elf who like, you know, hates the the low hum, like the low blue hum of like the uh, the arcane lamps that are sitting through the city streets. And I felt like this had sort of a similar flavor to it because it's like, you know, what what does their tech like does their technology look closer to our technology? Because like they actually have to build things that drill or like, you know, light thing, you know, like ignite things and things like that. Like, you know, if the world doesn't necessarily have magic, but still has magical, fantastical elements, like what does that world even look like? What, what does an elf do if they're not, you know, able to like sling spells and things like that? Um, or, you know, like what does a dwarf do if they're not able to imprint runic, um, you know, runic sigils on things to make them stronger to like make their crafts stand out uh and that was something that kind of really made me interested in a magic free setting in general um was just kind of this notion of like what the what is fantasy without magic you know um because right, at one right. point magic did exist and maybe magic will exist again but like what does a world look like when you have this thing and it kind of goes by the wayside so yeah, it's cool. I 
I'm getting a lot of vibes, a lot of different vibes. Uh, for a moment, it it reminds me of like Star Trek. If Star Trek was like uh, a fan, the fantasy Enterprise, you know, or um, or uh, you know, then I was getting like almost, you know, I was getting some apocalypse vibes early on. Uh, like, yeah, there, there's a lot of cool things you can, there's a lot of interesting ways you can take this and, um, you, you would get, you would get a lot out of it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it's, it's kind of a, it is, it's something I've always been kind of interested in, in a weird way. But like I said, I don't necessarily want to make people have to choose between, you know, playing my D D game and not being allowed to be like a wizard or a sorcerer or something like that. Um, sure and so i thought that though i thought having them having the machine kind of be this like wellspring for the party to to kind of dip into um was a kind of like this nice little um the you know like a, a kind of workaround where it's like we you could be a wizard it's just that like you know you got to keep that locked up um, or you got to keep it hidden, or like if it happens, you got to make sure the person who saw you do magic doesn't go and like blather about it to others. So, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah, it. Any other, any other final thoughts or any other final questions? No, I think it's, I think it's rad. I like, um, I like the the way it was written in you know the form of logs, and then I also just liked the general like. I liked the general tone of like people don't use magic here, but like, you know, and, and there's a story there that you can uncover, but you know, we need to play to find out it's, it's a very cool. Like if you were to, if you were to hand me this log as like a written document and be like, Hey, I've got an idea for a game here's here's like some flavor text and basically what is expected of the characters i would be on board this sounds this sounds dope as fuck yeah well thank you i had, I had some fun writing it it was a this was a, a, a cool one so hey hey cody i have a quick question for you if yeah people like this episode and they want to learn more uh where's a place that they can learn more they can go to our website at www.fandomroulette.com where all of our episodes are going up as they hit the internet. And along with a bunch of information about us and the other projects that we're working on, you can scroll all the way to the bottom right below this or right above the social media links. And if you have a world smithing topic, some, some vague idea that you'd like us to kind of run away with, if you will, and world build it into a tangible game for your tabletop role-playing night um you can fill it out there and hey uh if people want to listen to episodes but they don't necessarily use the same podcasting apps that you do where are some places that people can go to find episodes to listen to our show we are on a lot of places on the internet we're on youtube itunes soundcloud spotify stitcher you name it rss feeds all you got to do is search Fandom Roulette. And hey, uh, if uh, are there any social media accounts that people can go and uh, find us and say hey or send us a funny meme or check in to see how we're doing or leave a comment how they think we're doing or things like that? Where's uh, some places that they can do those things? 
Yeah, we got a couple. If you are Twitter savvy, we are fandom r underscore podcast. And then if you're more of a Facebook or Instagram user, we are also on there posting memes and having a good time. Just search fandom roulette. Also, please remember to like, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, click the the bell. Um, you know, do all that stuff. Um, if it's a, if it's a podcasting app where it has stars, give us a five stars, uh, leave us a fun review or something like that. Uh, anything along those lines helps us to move up the ranks, get into other people's algorithms, uh, and gets us, you know, into more people's, um, you know, pod feeds and things like that. And that allows us to keep making this fun stuff for you and others. Um, but in any case, we want to thank you so much for listening. We ask that you share this with a friend if you think it's something they enjoy. Or just listen to some of the other episodes we've made as well. We know there's a lot of stuff out there for you to listen to and, and engage with and, and listen to and talk about. Uh, so we want to just thank you for spending some time here with us on this little show. So, yeah. And uh, signing off for Phantom Roulette, this is Joe. And I'm Cody. And as always, stay nerdy. Stay super nerdy. Stay super nerdy.